Hey, Danny. Hey. Hey, so you've heard of uh, Cold Open Stories, Colin DeGraff's uh, spearheaded Warhammer 40k audio dramas with like professional stories uh, and kind of professional voice actresses. Like it sounds amazing at coldopenstories.com, right? Yeah. Well, to kind of take off of their success, kind of as we piggyback and everyone as everyone does. So a cold open story is when it opens and you kind of, they don't give any backstory or explanation. You're just mm-hmm. going to drop right into the middle of it. So what I've done for us is I've made a hot open story. Okay, cool. Where, where it's kind of that same level of production quality, but it drops you right in the middle of a bunch of exposition. Here, here, check it out. Okay. It is the 41st millennium and there is only war. As an orphan, I joined the Astro Militarum, determined to find my parents, be it a trace of their existence or those who so cruelly took it from me. Though we guardsmen have a life expectancy of eight hours, I must stay true to my cause, my emperor, and my family. I am entering my seventh hour of service. I must find my parents' killers. I spy a file upon the commissar's desk. It has my parents' name. They died of natural causes. So, I mean, I think it's going to be super popular. You get rid yeah. of all of the long stuff, none of the buildup or the suspense. And you just kind of get right down to the point right, of it. Right, right, right down to the new I mean, Jesus Christ, the recent part three of the cold open stories was 20 minutes, which means this entire story trying to tell took an hour. That was 30 seconds and you figured everything I out. I know the story. Jesus. It's oh. like cold open stories on a budget. Amateurs. I know. Oh man, Danny with the way better name of Hot Clothes Stories. <laughs> Damn They're it. done. They're done. done. You know it's closed. Yeah, done. Case it. closed. Uh, Boom. 30 seconds. His right. parents died of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> Thrilling. Um, I uh, Welcome to Mob Rules. Uh, I am John, joined as always by... Well, by Danny. By Danny. And then... Oh no, no. We can't Dave Games today because no. Dave, uh, Dave is out ill today. He is. He uh, partook in a little too much of the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> as this will be our Christmas episode, as I, I found out. Uh, it is when I was figuring stuff out, and we didn't do anything festive for it. So, oh wow! Uh, but we're festive, and we're in a festive environment. We're pretty John. festive. He's got his tree up over I, I here. I have my Christmas like, tree up over for here. For those of you who can't see this, which is all of you, yeah, except yeah, for us. Sure. And if you can see it, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, what Stop is it. up? Yeah, <laughs> peace. Uh, I don't appreciate that at all. Uh, thanks, everyone, for your feedback for all the random little skits Dave and I did last episode. It was uh, a ton of fun to put together and do. Those um, were awesome. Hot Open Stories was my last one uh, that we did. And I was like, yeah, I kind of want to work that in as a real subtle advertisement. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was real subtle, uh, kind of like the storytelling that contained within. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, and like there were, there was depth to that story, right? There was. Yeah, but I didn't need to listen to more of it. <laughs> no. 30 seconds was plenty. <laughs> No, just just like this podcast. Right. Um, 30, 30 seconds, seconds is, is plenty. plenty. That's the Mob Rules tagline oh, now. Shit, I don't know if you knew that. Three minutes, 37 in. We've it's, already lost everyone. It's also my tagline with my wife. <laughs> 30 seconds is enough. Uh, like sub tagline. No, no, you were wrong. 
<laughs> but uh, Danny, it's been a couple weeks since we've heard from you here. Uh, yeah. What have you been up to uh, since the last time we saw you? Uh, well, almost a month ago and not last I know. night. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was not last night. Um, So I, God, what, even I, what have I even been doing? Um, I believe there was a charity, a charity event. Yeah. yeah. Like a practice charity event for like a little <laughs> local charity. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It was definitely no charity hammer, um, but it was uh, yeah, local like uh, food hammer kind of ter- kind of tournament. And we have another one at our other store this weekend. Yeah, both stores running uh, charity tournaments back to for, back for stuff. Um, this one coming up the, this weekend or today, if you're smart and listening to on release day, or. Mm-hmm. three days from now if you're smart and are a patreon of us oh right um is gonna like uh joe one of our local guys is running it again for mm-hmm. i think the billionth consecutive year he has a bunch of really unique stratagems yeah uh out there which can really festively mess with someone it's gonna be festively fun uh and of course ending with the classic mission of the terrain disappears off the tables into boxes yeah that's the game progresses. that is the best one of all <laughs> put the put away the terrain mission Sorry, as my dog tries to steal a biscuit from on top of a table in the other room. I oh. saw, saw his little lanky butt reaching up there, and I'm like, nope. Yeah, got to um, put him, gotta put that shit down. But yeah, so that's something Joe started doing, so people tidied up before leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a really good idea. On, yeah. on point, but tell yeah. us about the, the first practice charity tournament, uh, the Tier 1 charity uh, Outvitational, because it's not an invitational. Right, right, yeah. You'd have to, you don't have to be important to go to that tournament. Uh, nor to any tournament usually anyway no so uh it was uh like a three round rtt with some 1700 or 1750 points uh i played some iron hands and then because it was a for fun event i also just <laughs> brought the, uh, a detachment of the sisters from oh, yeah. uh from the new box which was fun. Didn't you just bring the entire new box? Yeah, I just brought the entire new box. No other extra models, just that, <laughs> which was fun. Didn't even build it. Just slapped that shit down on the table. <laughs> just the sprues, actually. <laughs> I threw them on there and like threw some bases. And like, this is where these guys are. Have, no, I'm just kidding. I built them. Yeah. So, uh, but the models are rad. Like, they're really cool models. Oh, yeah. So we played a game as well. Oh, yeah, we did. Going I forgot back. about yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it was so long I didn't ago. forget about it. It fact, was no, really it was fun. last week, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was literally last week. So, yeah, we were, we were sitting, deciding. We were, wanted to play, and then we got there, and I think I was just like, I, I don't want to play an ITC mission. Yeah, which is cool. And I was like, all right, well. All right, cool. So we were like, do? we were going to play one of the new missions from Chapter Approved. Um, but we didn't actually have the book. Yet. No, no. Dave, Dave had the book, so we didn't have the book. So, we're so like, we tried to message Dave, and Dave was comatose or something. I don't know. Again, too much holiday spirit. Too much holiday spirit. So yeah. instead, we went into the um, Psychic Awakening book, the mm-hmm. Faith and Fury yep. book, and we pulled the mission out of there. Which was uh, actually like <laughs> kind of fitting almost. I it, don't know. It was. So it was like it was a setup as a last stand scenario. So. Yeah. Um, Danny deployed all of his non-Astartes units on his table edge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one objective, which is on the very back corner of the table, or very back of the table in the back of his deployment zone. Um, I deploy my entire army. I go first. And then starting turn two, um, Danny brings on his Astartes from my table edge. Right. Now, when we started playing this game... Um, oh, and also, uh, I won the game if I held the objective... Any other condition was a loss. Right. Um, so when we started playing this game, neither of us realized that you, your guys would come on from my table edge. 
No, we did not. We thought they were coming out from my table edge, but then we misread it. And when I read it again, John was like, oh, okay, well, let's make a game out of this. <laughs> <laughs> because at that point um, in the turn, I'd managed to wipe out everything but a cannoness. One single cannoness who, spoilers, was unkillable. Which, super weird how like I take my quote-unquote competitive list against your fluffy food hammer list. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just in one turn, it does a lot of damage to the, like... 400 points of sisters of battle (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and like the uh everything all my sisters died so quickly right and uh minus the canoness Mm -hmm. but then all those other battle sisters really fueled my faith (laughs) oh my god so we'll get a great mechanic we'll get yeah i mean i was gonna say we're into later but we can get into now faith dice very satisfying mechanic like yeah it feels good it kept that canoness alive for the entire game it had her survive in combat against a Mauler Fiend for five rounds of combat. That sounds about right. Five or six rounds of combat. Yeah, I would say at least. Right. Almost enough time for her to kill it. Almost enough time, and she did kill it in the end. Uh, oh, no, because you fell no, back out of combat did, and yeah. shot it. But it got him down to one wound on a Mauler Fiend who had Magma Cutter, so he was firing two Melta shots at her right. every turn. Yep. I think I hit with like five of them. Yeah, you hit a lot. I like, hit a lot with them. And she didn't die because Danny's faith dice, which <laughs> I gave him by massacring every other sister's unit, <laughs> was all fives and sixes. Yeah. Or or just enough fives and sixes to be like, oh, I guess I'll pass my invulnerable saves. And yep. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Fun. Fun. But like I said, at no point did I feel... Like it was cheesy or overpowered or kind of like really shitty. It made sense. Like she saw all of her sisters massacred around her, but she has faith. Right. So she'll survive against this giant <laughs> melta gun shooting, <laughs> smashing fist dude. Yeah, exactly. She did. And then yep. I got a uh, turbo fucked by uh, aggressors. Oh my God. Yeah. How? Yeah. That unit is so good. <laughs> so yeah, you took like a unit of six aggressors. It's just five. It was just oh, just five. Thank God. Sorry. Yeah. Um, whoa, whoa. Not whoa. six. Five. <laughs> Get it right. Um, and man, I was just scared. I think I've got a mental block of charging some things, which I got over in a game I played yesterday. Um, but yeah, like, oh man, aggressors, and they're going to shoot me like a billion times. And so for the first few turns, I wasn't charging them. And then I'm like, yeah, screw it. And I charged a Hellbrood into them. And I survived. Right. You did. And I'm like, okay. I mean, fair enough. I had some very good dice rolls on that save. Well, but I, still, it's, it was good for me to see that I can just charge in, call yeah, it good. Yeah, especially like a Hellbrood or something that's toughness seven. You're probably fine. Probably. Hopefully. But they did work. Um, your Pharos did work. Metal Daddy oh, himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pharos did great. Pharos did as, amazing. As always. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a fun game. That was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. In the end... Um, Danny won uh, after the, like, I set up a last turn gambit of if when can, if conditions A, B, and C happen, and I managed to end the game on this turn because of random game line if I win. Right. right. Um, but A, B, and C failed. Uh, <laughs> the so, Cannoness was able to hack her way out of some Nurgling bases. Yeah, she was. Yeah, so by, by two wins. But it was super good, super close. It was just nice thinking a little differently right because i think a lot of the time if you play nothing but itc your brain kind of gets stuck in that mindset of okay for sure looking at your army these are my secondaries oh i gotta be in this quarter oh what's my bonus mm-hmm. and this one i'm just like move everything forward right. rush at the objective oh wait everything's coming in my end move everything back <laughs> delay them delay yeah which they did not 
but that's uh, that's okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was and again just nice to play that there. Um, mm-hmm. What were some of your games in your Charity Hammer tournament? Oh, let's see here. So I played against a full Sisters of Battle army that was piloted by Phil. That was pretty fun. Oh, nice. Um, Phil, local guy, has been playing Sisters for years and years and years. So he's played three different books throughout 8th edition for that army. So at least. Yeah. That's like more than Sisters of Battle Codexes there's been ever. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Because I think there's only been two because they got moved into Witch Hunters, didn't they? Yeah, so it was Sisters of Battle, the original one, then Mm -hmm. Witch Hunters. Then I don't think they had another codex. No. No, so two codexes. And, well, they had like a chapter approved codex yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but that was a really fun game. It's amazing how tough sisters can be. Like, they're really durable. Um, and then, let's see, who else did I play? I played against Taylor. Taylor brought uh, Drakari. He had oh, an didn't all, he have the pirate boat? Yeah, he brought the Tantalus, which was fun. Um. But uh, it turns out the, uh, what are they called? The guys with the autocannons, uh, suppressors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're really good at killing Drakari boats. <laughs> they're they're really, just really, really good at ahead. killing a lot of air. Yeah, they're pretty much good at killing everything, yeah, yeah. to be honest. They're, they're really good. Um, who did I play the first round? Uh, I don't really remember, to be honest with you. That's, that's kind of sad. I just uh, It's not that it was a bad game or anything. It was, it was fun. Um, oh, I played against Sean Guerin. Oh, so nice, always yeah. good to play against him. Yeah, he's I played against guy. him a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah he's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's good. a good opponent. Um, he's playing chaos. Oh, and, he said he was uh, starting some Black Legion. Yeah, he brought Abaddon, a bunch of Chaos Marines, some bikers, some obliterators. Um, yeah. So in that mission, you could kind of teleport. So you could pick one unit, and they got basically fly and could move an extra th- uh, forty-six inches. Oh, that's unfortunate <laughs> for people facing Abaddon. <laughs> So Avedon got in my lines like pretty much where he wanted to, but he didn't kill as much as you would think he would kill. Like I think he got into one of my intercessor squads and I think he killed six, which like, yeah, for all of his attacks was pretty sad. Like he probably should have killed more anyway, uh, but it was fun. I uh, had a good time. Uh, really fun event. Uh, only six people showed up though. Cause I think like we might be splitting the charity stuff a little bit between the two events. Yeah, that was super weird. Like locally, so we have the one at MJ's, which has been going for years. Yeah, at least three years. At least three years. And yeah. then this year, I think this was the first year or second year tier one. Did first theirs. year, I think. For, first year yeah, they did theirs. But it's like the week before MJ's one. Yeah. So I think it just kind of took people by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably accounted for the lower turnout. But I think also we, Bath and Body Works had their candle day sale, which I think really? took a, a lot of our community oh, yeah, away. Because, sure. you know, hardcore Warhammer players, they love scented candles. Well, Do you yeah, know? They smell bad, man. Do you know there's a scented candle that smells like pizza? Really? And I'm like, why would you want your house to smell like stale pizza when I can do that and eat pizza? Good point. Yeah. Maybe you're on a diet. Maybe. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to torture myself with the smell <laughs> of pizza. <laughs> I mean, it helps to build character, John. Oh, man. I don't even know what a range of 40K candles would smell like. <laughs> Basement. <laughs> Basement dank. Eternal war. <laughs> what does eternal war smell like? Uh, like, you know, blood, Bleach Because mud. people clean up a lot after everything. Yeah, that's true. Just I was, was going to say uh, loosed bowels. Um, what else? Loosed bowels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, broccoli fart. That seems like another one that would be pretty popular. Oh, man. I don't know if you've ever been behind somebody with one of those. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but you know now I have to make, make ads for that now. 
The forty K gamers uh candle candles. collection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really gets you in that immersion when you can't go to the local store and get a game in. <laughs> Just don't wash. <laughs> yeah. That adds to the ambiance yeah, and the yeah, aroma. Anyway. Sure does. So I'm excited to play this weekend. I'm going to play Night Lords. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. You've been putting some stuff out. You got, was it the Praetor or something from Forge World? Or like I the, did. I got the that Terminator. Guy so Lord. fucking good. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh I'm very excited to field him. Yeah. And I just got, actually, so uh, our buddy Tyson put in an order for uh, a Forge World order this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ordered on Sunday, got it on Tuesday. That's crazy. That's not insane. Can you imagine? Like back in the day, man, Forge World took like a month to get. Yeah, here, I remember right? when I ordered my Squigath, it was like forever. Right. So, so I got the other Night Lord's Praetor. Oh, the, nice. the one with the jump pack. So now I can cut off the chain glaive head and give him a Thunder Hammer. So, because I mean, yeah, Thunder Hammer. Smash cool. Captain got a Smash Cat. Or sorry, Smash Lord got a Smash Lord. That's right. Yeah. You got it. They're different things. They are. So, yep. So that's been. Uh, I don't know. That's been my thing. I've been kind of like working on a bunch of different lists, uh, trying to figure out what I want to do for LVO, which is hard. I think I'm probably going to stick with just the list that I've been playing because you're your um, SoCal Iron Hands. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just got a lot of answers, and I'm having trouble taking things out without like totally disassembling the list. Mm-hmm. So neat. Yep. It is. Well, in the last couple of weeks, I played two games. I played against you last week. Yeah. Um, played against in a good, fun narrative game we went over. And then I played against um, our buddy Nate last night. Oh, yeah. I was here for that. Um, yeah. Oh, no, wait. I haven't seen you. Oh, that's right. I forgot Because we narrative. only ever see each other. Right. Only <laughs> record <laughs> Only for podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah. So I played against his uh, tell list. He had pulled one of the great tell lists off of the internet, mm-hmm. um, which was basically just three riptides and a bunch of drones. Yep. Um, that's the list. And some commanders. And some commanders. Uh, so I took this because, one, I need to learn how to play tau because they're going to be super popular, especially with how... Uh, how um, well they've been doing. How right? well they've been doing, which tends to draw people towards them. Um, so I wanted to know kind of how to deal with that sort of list. Sure. Um, because not everyone's going to be piloting it, piloting it with the level of skill um, that kind of the winning tell lists mm-hmm. are. But I think there's going to be a lot of them um, showing up to be like, oh, look at me answer Space Marines. I just take Tau. Uh, so I wanted to play against that. So I did. Uh, I took my latest iteration of my uh, chaos list. Mm-hmm. Um, version three, I think I'm on now. I think version four is just around the corner, which I'm very, nice. very excited about. Um, but it was, uh, I moved away from the triple, like the Supreme Command of Lord Discordance in a um, flawless host. Um, and I moved everything to Alpha Legion. Nice. Um, okay. Partway through the game, I got a little sad because vehicles don't get Legion traits. Yeah. And my entire list is vehicles. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah so I feel like that's a really big oversight for that army. It is. Like, and so hopefully that gets remedied at some point near in the future. I, I would hope so. But yeah, so I ran a battalion with two Chaos Lords and three units of 10 cultists just mm-hmm. for, you know, a little command point farm. Um, I had a spearhead, which had two Lord Discordance, two Mauler Fiends, two Forge Fiends, uh, two Heldrakes. Okay. Um, and then I had a Supreme Command with one Lord Discordant, a Demon Prince, and a Sorcerer. All, nice. All okay. Alpha Legion. So kind of a nice, I think it's, my list is getting more rounded as it goes. Um, and I made the spearhead with all the demon engines, of course, the the special, uh, the specialist attachment. Yeah, the Hellforge pack. The Hellforge hunting pack, nice. which did a lot of work because what it means is usually I can guarantee I can get one Lord Discordant or I can get one thing in your deployment zone charge, turn one with warp time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but by adding the hunting pack um, or the soul force hunting pack, what I can do is I can do the stratagem that lets them advance and charge, mm-hmm. which kind of almost guarantees me getting two things in, into your right, deployment zone. which is huge. Which is huge, especially with the way that the Lord Discordant buffs the demon engines around him and gives him plus one to hit. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's still based on my kind of D-Day beach style wave. So turn one, Haldrake's in your line. Hopefully the Lord Discordant, turn two, everything else is in your line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it worked out really well. Um I ended up winning twenty seven twenty. I think a lot of that was due to really poor secondary choices by Nate. Okay. Um, sure, he picked a lot of mobile things where, like you know, he would like he picked behind enemy lines to get two units in my back line. Um, he picked uh, recon, um, but he didn't ever really move out of his deployment zone. Sure, and okay. I, I, and I think that came from the fact that he didn't really. And I, I think a lot of people underestimate just how fast my list is. Sure. And how quickly I can pin down. Um, I lost a lot of stuff to Overwatch. Um, sure. As as is going to be like a help route died to Overwatch. Yeah, um, just like tell Overwatch just is so straight brutal. up. Um, and because everything is a fly keyword, there's nothing really to, to lock in. All I could really do is kind of push him more and more into the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was well played. Uh, I think going yeah, forward. Unless you have like the epitome or something like that, it's really right. hard to do that stuff. Right. Um, and so I think going forward, the only change I'm really going to make is I'm going to take the sorcerer out and switch okay. him with a master of possession. I think we were talking about that sure. two weeks ago. We'll follow the narrative. Um, because the, the master of possession has some great stuff. I already have access to warp time through my demon prints. Yep. Um, and he is able to keep up more with the uh, demon or the demon engines than mm-hmm. a regular sorcerer is. And I think the master of possessions has a faster movement as well. I think he moves like eight or 10 or something. Like oh, that's that cool. Too. Okay. So there's just a lot of, I, what I need more now is more like protective buffs. Um, I have a lot of assaulting buffs, just not enough protecting buffs going on. Yeah. And getting cursed earth, earth off on like some dudes or even casting the uh, reroll ones power. Right. Would be real, real useful. For sure. So we're going to take it out. I have a game lined up next week against uh, Rob Porter. Cool. Uh, again, I don't think it's going to go fantastically, but I think I'm going to learn a lot of good stuff from it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's kind of the goal right now. Uh, reaching for my 0-6 at LVO. That, that's <laughs> that's the dream. I think you're going to do better than that. Anything less than 0-6 and it will be a failure of a trip. <laughs> so you're going to have to play every game. You can't drop out. That's basically the only way that you're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, f- fuck, damn it. I'm going for that wooden bolter. They still do that, right? <laughs> um, and then painting. I'm still painting like a goddamn animal. Um, yeah. I, I painted, finished another Mauler Fiend. I have half a Forge Fiend done. Nice. Uh, yeah, your painting progress has been huge, I dude. assembled another Forge Fiend. Um, I ordered a Chaos Lord because I need a second Chaos Lord to fill out the Supreme Command mm-hmm. or the, the Battalion. I did look at other things. Like I looked at just an exalted champion and I looked at, um, looked up a, like a, a master of executions or just some of the cheaper ex- sure. HQs. But then I kind of look at what am I going to spend those 14 points on? And mm-hmm. is, is what they're like one, I don't have any delivery system for master of execution. So just sure. a dude kind of standing there. Um, it's great that I get to reroll wounds in the fight phase for the exalted champion, but I don't have a delivery system for him. Right. And it only affects him as opposed to like, right. if you have an infantry unit, you get to reroll all failed to wound rolls right. for them, which so is huge. No one else really gives out the buffs that the Chaos Lord does with that rerolls of one to hit, which was really key with a lot of my Forge Fiend firing because they're not great at shooting. Yeah. Um, unbuffed. So 
I ordered Kren and the Relentless because apparently the only Chaos Lord you can buy now is Thunderhammer uh, Malleus of City X. Oh, yeah. Um, who I already have one of. And right. I'm like, I want two of the same guy. And so I got a Krannon on the way, and he's going to be my second guy. But I, I like the list. It's a lot of fun. Nice. It's like it's not super hard to play. I kind of know most of my secondaries off the bat. I still try and play the way of like uh, passive secondaries or things that I don't have to really rely on killing mm-hmm. to, to get because I find I do better that way because then it's within my control. Like, can I have four units, one in each table quarter? Yeah, I'm pretty confident I can do that most turns. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't rely on dice. So anything I can do to take dice out of the equation. That's always been I'm my... All four. Yeah. That's always been my philosophy as well. Like, I know sometimes it puts your units in awkward places or whatever, but I'd rather not have to roll and just score a point than have to roll and try and kill something. I don't know, most of the time. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of dice. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah we got our Mob Rules dice in yesterday. Oh, man, that was uh, so cool. Posted a picture of our table uh, from Nate and I's game last night um, uh, on the, the Patreon Discord. And not a single person noticed that the Mob Rules dice were being used and christened. Um, nice. So those are available for sale for our Patreons as of today, Saturday. Awesome. Uh, and then as of the 21st, we're going to put it up in the Facebook page. Uh, yeah. You too can get your dice. Uh, they have a 100% winning record. And as of time of recording, that yep. is a fact. Yep, a fact. 100% a fact. Um, yeah, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with something super cool, I guess. Yeah. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Yes. Well, no. Uh, Technically, I'm 2,680th. Only in Alaska. Um, (laughs) Much, (laughs) much lower uh, nationally. Uh, so as we mentioned at the start here, Danny, you've been away for a couple weeks. While you were gone, we were lucky enough to get a review copy of uh, Psychic Awakening 3. Um, yeah. And then also a Blood of Val, and then also Chapter Proof 2019. You guys were like madmen over here. Let On me tell it. You. Yeah. So let me tell you. So uh, I will say one of our videos, the Chapter Proof, got half as many dislikes as your videos usually get. And I want to <laughs> say that's because of... That's because of apathy uh, more than anything else. Um, while our Tyranid review from Blood of Val got twice as many dislikes. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I think the greatest thing was, because obviously Dave and I, we, we know a little, but we're not quite the kind of the knowledge repository you are for a lot of this stuff here. 
Um, a lot of people were commenting. You, mean me you like, have better things to do. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, politely. Yeah. Um, but but I was we were getting all these comments. You can go see them on YouTube where people are like, hey guys, you screwed this up. This is here. This is here. Blood angels don't get uh, centurions. You guys are dumb. I'm like, oh, you're right. Thanks for the correction. Man, it would suck if they did though. And I'm just like <laughs> thumbs up niceness the whole way. So what are some of your thoughts? I mean, we'll, we'll split it up between the three sections. Okay. Um, for, so we'll start. So you want me to do like chapter approved Blood Angels Tyranids? Yeah, but Perfect. maybe not that order. Because oh, sure. What order do you want to do it in? Chapter approved Blood Angels Tyranids. <laughs> That's what I, Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I said it, which makes it, which makes it better. <laughs> um, so things from chapter approved that I'm super hyped about. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> uh, I think Chaos got a huge boost between chapter approved and Faith and Fury. I mean, the point decreases across the board that they got is are crazy um the so, fact that like warp talents for instance went down to 19 points a model i think is amazing i think they're a great unit now so to just put it in perspective the list that i'm fielding now my my competitive list as if an old point scale is currently 2230 points right it like easy 200 extra points yeah like everything dropped like 10 percent, 10 points here right and there yeah um let's see here what else uh, uh, I like some of the Necron drops. I wish that they had some other ones a little bit. I still don't think that Necrons are great. I think they're okay. Um, but it's nice to have like an extra unit or an a half, like maybe, or maybe half a unit, depending on what army you have. Like my Necron army didn't drop any points at all. Oh, really? Well, like it drops its peak performance. Ten, it, Necrons. I, it dropped like 25 points or something like that from the characters. Um, and then, uh, but some of the units that people don't use, uh, those went dr- down like dramatically or, or that I, and I'm not using, I should say. So for instance, like the, uh, like wraiths, mm-hmm. wraiths went down quite a bit, um, which is great. Um, and they're like, I think they're probably a solid choice now. Heavy destroyers went down by a ton. So they're pretty good. Uh, I like how much the ghost arc went down. I think it went down by 25 points. Oh geez. So that's helpful. Um, Let's see. Oh, and the characters went down, which is also good because their characters are just like bad. Um, <laughs> so now they're at the point where you get refunded pun- points to take them. Well, no, we're not quite there yet. I mean, they're not like the worst characters in the world or anything, but they're not like, I mean, they're not Space Marines, right? No. So uh, what else? Oh, Eldar stuff. Man, Harlequin's got a huge bump. Oh, yeah. Like everything in their book went down like two to five points, something like that. And so like I remember Taylor saying that his list went down like 200 points or something like that. He got an extra 200 points to play with. Like their transports went down 20 points, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Like, well, 19 points, but still like still way awesome that it went down that far. Uh, Falcons went down in points yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm happy about that. People are talking about bringing Falcons to the table and Wraith Lords. And that, man, Wraith Lords makes me so happy because that's the coolest unit. Uh, I It makes me happy because you know what I took to uh, the LVO friendly two years ago? was a bunch of Falcons. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this was a different edition. Yeah. But, man, I love that model so well, much. Well, Cloud Strike Squadron was really cool back in the day, right? Because you could oh, yeah. just deep strike in without scattering. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. The... Uh, what was the thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, I did. I redid the points for my Eldar list from two years ago when I went to LVO. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, like, so I do it every year. I go through all the because I have all my lists organized by like what event I played in and then how I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I go through all my list after chapter proof just to see what happens with them. So like the chaos list that I've been that I had been playing quite a bit at like states and stuff like that with all the plague bearers and plague bear scrawlers and stuff. 
all of those lists either stayed the same or went up by 50 or 60 points. Uh, and then uh, my Eldar list, though, from LVO two years ago, last year was uh, 2,050 points because of like various Inari upgrades or like uh, updates and stuff mm-hmm. like that to make things more expensive. And then now it's down 100 points. So it dropped 150 points based on like the infantry based Footdar Battalion that I've been playing. Um, like drops to uh, fire prisms. Fire prisms went down by mm-hmm. 15 points. Uh, my dark reapers went down by three points a model. Um, Shining spears went down. Uh, scorpions went down. Scorpions are so dirt cheap now. And like, I, like I get, I don't get why people are knocking them. I think they're, I think they're really good for what they are. But they're not like, they're not a mainline combat unit. It's a deep striking unit that. Like you can deep strike onto an objective for free and they're 50 points. I think people just see kind of like a bunch of strength three chain sword attacks and strength that's four, baby. Or st- okay, so still strength <laughs> strength four chain sword yeah, attacks. You're, you're right though, you're right. That that but that's all they're seeing on a, on a toughness three base. Um and they're kind of thinking of them as this offensive unit, whereas you're right, they're just fifty points. They're like a nurgling unit for uh for for Eldar. hundred percent. Drop them down on a, an objective and forget about them. Yep. And if they can hold the objective, that's great. If your opponent has something they can deal with them, that's cool too. But, you know, otherwise you have that Banshee's drop by two points a model. Mm-hmm. Um, and that combined with uh, them potentially getting the ability to get a five-up feel of pain is really good. Um, yeah, so a bunch of drops for Eldar. Which a couple is, things went up, though. So the Crimson Hunter Exarch went yeah, up. which is totally deserved. Uh, Crimson Hunter Exarch went up. Uh, Eldrad, Eldrad, Eldrad went, went up, up by 10 points. Um, uh, but he, so it's a funny story. Eldrab was 150 when they published the codex, went down to 135, now is back up to 145. <laughs> so he's still less than he started. Trying to find that sweet spot right there. Um, oh, one of the things that I was pretty excited about, so I've been playing with the Landraider Achilles. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, right, regularly, that thing dropped 30 points. All the uh, all the land raiders pretty much dropped twenty to thirty points. Hell yeah! But that thing's got a four more save. <laughs> that thing is amazing. I I'm very excited about that. That made me very happy. Um, but yeah, a bunch of Forge World stuff went down as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Um, yeah, I I mean I think Chapter Approved really did a good job. Um, mostly I would have liked uh, a redo of the terrain rules like more. I think that would have been really important. Um, but they didn't really touch the terrain rules very much. So that's why we still have to have magic boxes. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. Oh, the new mission structure is interesting. Uh, yeah. Where you don't you don't want to lose the roll-off. You want to win the roll-off because then you still get to pick, like whether you're going to uh, go first or go second kind of. Yeah. Right. So I like that. Um, that should be something that's in every game. I was hoping for them to get rid of seize the initiative. Um, but that Not really, uh, yeah, I think that's coming though. Uh, that might be an ITC only thing though. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, if that happens, I'll be very excited. I think that would be a great role. Do you think a uh, list building is going to change? Cause you're going to try and get guarantee first turn or get that plus one for your role anyway. Um. Yeah. I mean, people already do do that. Like, mm-hmm. especially people that bring transports, they use those to kind of modify how many deployments they have, mm-hmm. um, and protect units from snipers and all that, of course. But like, uh, people already try and drop low so that they can get first turn. But like for me, I don't. Give, I don't care. Like, I mostly want to go second. Like, because that's just the way I build my armies most of the time. I build mm-hmm. them to go second. So, 
Uh, going first is a nice bonus sometimes, depending on who I'm playing against. Um, yeah, so happy about that. Uh, oh, man, on the chapter-approved note, uh, the random army generation rules oh, are really cool. Man, we are so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this whole thing planned for next year, kind of our, our post-LVO competitive, like seltzer water to yeah, kind of there you go. cleanse our mouths out with a hint of lime with a hint of lime <laughs> to cleanse us without burning us out of 40k uh, which can happen if you play every two weeks and then go to a thousand person tournament to get just turbo stomped um we we were planning to do like this whole like chaos army build where danny i and da- danny dave and i would would build chaos lists kind of slowly and surely and yep. like slow grow and then we came across the random army generation. I'm like, oh, that's just too good. It's so fun. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very hyped for that. To like very, get my stuff painted for that. Yeah, very happy. Now help me continue to kind of power through my collection of chaos. Nice, um, as it seems to be. So moving on from kind of chapter approved, where a lot of good stuff. Oh yeah, great. The books were fantastic in the way that we're split into two. I still think there's a lot of value in the non points book. And um, oh, for sure, right? Like, there's so much good stuff in there. Yeah. So and, uh, I'm happy it's split into two distinct books, though. Oh, by um, the way, for yeah. our for this like slow growth thing, we've got to play some Maelstrom because I'm like really hype on that. I really want to play some Maelstrom. Dude, I cards. have an open war deck. I have perfect. Maelstrom cards. Perfect. We'll, perfect. we'll just perfect. drunken perfect. commander the whole time. I love it. I and love then it. Also play drunken commander on the tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So <laughs> moving on, we also had um, blood of blood of ball come yeah, out. Man, uh, we had. Uh, the Blood Angels receive a small update, and the Tyranids receive kind of an overhaul. Uh, so I would say, if it were me, yeah, uh, the other way around. Oh, really? Honest, I think Blood Angels got a total overhaul. Like that army plays totally different now. Well, I mean, they're still an assault army, right? Like, but that that archetype is not going to change. But their stratagems are so freaking powerful. Like, like, but and the Tyranid ones are great too. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyranid ones are awesome. I re- I wish that they would have done new stratagems for Drukari and Craftworld Eldar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fine. Like, it seems to be like a similar thing. Like, as the Psychic Awakening is going on, they're learning cooler things they can do as it moves on. So there's almost like a power creep between the first and the third book at this point here. It'll be interesting to see if they have an Eldar Part 2 where they do Harlequin stuff and then maybe some stratagems for the other ones. I think that would be a really good, great choice for them. Yeah. Though, that being said, Craft World Eldar did get all the Exarch powers, which are really cool too. Right. Um, anyway, uh, so let's talk about Blood Angels first. Yeah. Man, Blood Angels, what a great, what a great army. Like, probably the, I don't know. I've been thinking about it, and I've been trying to decide if Scars are better or Blood Angels are better. And really? Like, it's hard for me to f- decide which one is more powerful. Um, so, okay. So, some of the strategies that Blood Angels get are just totally nuts, like... Uh, like curbing your damage potential to a huge margin if you're willing to spend the CP on it. Now, mm-hmm. they're going to be, just like they were before, extremely CP hungry. Um, but, man, when they come down, they're going to hit like a Mack truck because, like, the assured assaults that they're going to get out of Deep Strike almost, like, are very, very powerful. Like, uh, there's a banner that lets you charge like orcs do where you can reroll any of the dice for a charge mm-hmm. um, within a six-inch bubble. So that combined with Red Thirst being changed to not only give you plus one to wound, but also give you plus one to advance and charge rolls means that they have roughly the same chance, they have the exact same chance to get into combat on off a deep strike as 
evil sons. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows how reliable that is, except for their blood angels, not a mob of orc boys. So they're going to hit so much harder than them. So like, because I mean, you're talking sanguinary guard, you're talking death company. Um, you're talking terminators. All those are really great choices for coming in and like just beating face. It's one of the reasons I switched to solely alpha legion is so I could have the stratagem. Oh yeah. Keep uh, people further away. For sure. That's going to be huge. Um, and so, uh, like with that, plus there's, uh, now that they have chaplains with litanies, mm-hmm. you can get the plus two inches to charge litany bubble. So that's another, so they're, instead of getting plus one, now they're plus two because that one doesn't stack with anything else. But you're getting plus two to reroll any of the dice on the charge coming in from deep strike. And then you're hitting with plus one to wound. Well, you won't be able to do that because chaplains have to be on the table. At the oh, the turn, yeah, right? but you could just fly him up the table. <laughs> <laughs> right and you like can hide oh, him behind yeah. terrain and then just jump out Man. as a jump pack and or have him pop the litany jump out with the jump pack then land the then the squad pro next to him. tips yeah. pro tips like <laughs> um let's see uh i also like the sanguinary uh the sanguinary priest uh the apothecary mm-hmm. that they have that also gives a plus one strength bonus because blood angels but isn't um, that the one that doesn't have the angels of death keyword Oh, does he not in the? Well, that's a that's a typo. Like so, I uh, will rules oh, rules lawyer you so hard on that one. Do you get doctrines? Nope. <laughs> um, but but uh, in his codex entry, still have like in the updated codex entries, him still having the option for a jump pack. Yeah, huge because I figured they were going to take that away from them, and they didn't because there's no model for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they kept that in there, which is amazing. They have a stratagem that lets you... So for Sanguinary Guard, for instance, just by themselves, they have two really good specific ones where uh, there's one that lets you... Uh, I think it's re-roll, fail to wound rolls um, with your bolters and ignore cover. Mm-hmm. So if they come down turn two, they can blast you with minus one AP bolters, like two-shot bolters, like from the whole squad, re-rolling to hit and re-rolling to wound if the general is nearby. Because they get to reroll to hit rolls if right. the general is close to them, and then they can charge into combat, and their blades get uh, <clears throat> uh, you can you can get the blades so that they are uh, any damage rolls of one count as two instead. Like so that like that really smooths out their damage curve, and like I mean, getting two damage assured every single time, gross. It's super huge. Especially um, with all the space marines running about with two wound primaries. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's 100% correct. And then when Assault Doctrine comes around, then they're getting all an extra attack, which you can also stack with the Sanguinor, which you can also stack with, like, Death Company. Also, So, like, the you can get the ability to get, like, seven or eight attack intercessors if you want to, like, if you stack all the different buffs on them. Because the Death Company intercessors are already five attacks each like uh, in assault sir, doctrine uh, i think you'll find i gushed over how amazing death company intercessors were and i was told specifically they were trash oh well that person is wrong i i think i you mean know, it was multiple people really? and i'm like yeah i yeah, don't think they're i don't think they're i is, mean is there better options i yeah. think yeah sure sure like anything with the native component to deep strike is pretty good but you can put the the death company into an impulsor and that's a really big deal because impulsors are very fast yes and so you can get them game winningly fast you could say yeah for sure 14 inches is huge uh anywhere anywhere wouldn't, 14 wouldn't inches is a big deal wouldn't know yeah me either but that's just what i've heard um so there's that. The other super powerful stratagem that they have, probably the one that to me is the most powerful tricky thing that they have, 
is the ability for one CP to give a unit a six inch heroic intervention. And so it's a unit, not a model. Mm -hmm. So it can be like, oh, you charged my scouts. Well, my sanguinary guard within six inches of you can heroically intervene. Like that's, I mean, that is so gross. Like you just, if you stack up your units in, in like in ways you can do stuff like you can wrap people like easily on their turn or, um, you can, you can get in there, chop them up and then like get away. You can do it even with a character if you want to, if you want to get like a smash captain into their unit, Mm -hmm. like you can do that. And if they charged you, they're not even going to get to swing on that character unless they declared him as a charge target either. So, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that you can do with that. That's very, very powerful tool. Um, yeah. So I, man, uh, they are so good. Uh, and you're saying it changes the way the army is going to be built. You, do you think, or, um, or is it going to be similar? So between chapter approved and this, because chapter approved also dropped a lot of the points for the specialist units by a significant margin. I think you're going to see them a lot more often. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that this is an army that does great as a space Marine ally. If you're going to make a combination space Marine list, because like everybody getting doctrine still is really good. And they provide like, for instance, an iron hands and blood angels army really solid Mm -hmm. because iron hands can take care of shooting very well. Blood angels take care of assault very well. Like both of those, you know, sync up very well. Same with like salamanders, I think too, because the, salamanders are like that's a very aggressive army um but yeah it's no, a lot of different choices that you have i think that there's uh, some really great options there and that army is gonna is gone from non-competitive to very competitive i think it's definitely top tier now uh speaking of non-competitive armies tyranids yeah let's talk about tyranids languishing uh, a little bit for the past year or so uh, a real victim of the power creep shall we say for sure and i think that tyranids have now like so whereas uh, Gene Steeler Cult is going to take a hit post-chapter approved, I mean, they already have taken a hit because Space Marines just really kick the shit out of Gene Steeler's, like, mm-hmm. heart. Like, it just is such a hard counter. And it being such a prevalent army in the meta means that you're probably not going to see as many Gene Steeler Cult armies. That being said, I think Tyranids potentially are a great Space Marine counter. I think that they have a lot of tools that really help them against Space Marines. Um like the speed at which Tyranids can get into assault has always, has always been crazy. Right. Um, and Marine distances for shooting are not very far, generally speaking, with the exception of like Thunderfire cannon, um, and maybe some of the other artillery. Mm-hmm. Um, so like everything's within 30 inches. If you're within 30 inches of gene stealers and the swarm Lord, you're in charge range. Like for sure. Like mm-hmm. almost like an assured charge. So, uh, like, I think that's very powerful. I think some of their options now with the psychic powers that they have for the different, for the particular, uh, high fleets are very powerful. I really like, uh, I really like Jormungandr. I think Jormungandr is probably one of the better high fleets now. Um, there's some cool combos that you can do with it. Their psychic power has no range. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that was the weird one where I was like, huh? Okay. Several of the powers in there have no range. Like the, uh, Kraken one has no range. The, uh, I believe, and the Yorm, the Yormingunder one doesn't either. There's a couple of them that don't. Anyway, mm-hmm. you cast it. You pick a you pick an enemy unit after you cast it. Your whole army, if it anything in your army that comes in from reserves that turn, gets to reroll to hit rolls against that. So it's full normal rerolls against that stuff. So Yormingunder has a really great strat in that they that they like their uh, 
their baseline stratagem that they get is like their high fleet specific one is they get to select units and burrow them underground and then they come up with another burrowing unit. So like you can come up with Raveners, which got a huge point, which got a decent point decrease mm-hmm. in chapter approved. You can, you can pop them up, pop up 30 Gaunts with Devourers, use that psychic power and just like annihilate potentially at least one unit. And then you can shoot them again if you, if you need to with stratagems. So uh, I think that's very powerful. Um, I think when I, I heard the term, I think it was the, the adaptive physiology or something. Oh, um, yeah. So that that's made a comeback. That's an old rule set uh, from third edition. Third Tyranids, edition. That codex. Uh, that codex which, lets you do anything with your Tyranids that you ever could want to. Which game breakingly so at times. Uh, for sure. For sure. Like um, there was so, some bad stuff. So when I first heard like, oh yeah, we're, we have adaptive physiology and I'm like, oh shit. This is going to be really bad, but it's not really bad. It's, no, it's pretty limited, it's, right? It's limited, but it seems really good. It's also very powerful, yeah. So um, the ones that the – there's a couple in particular that I really like. Uh, one that lets you count as being in cover. Uh, or, I'm sorry, one that gives you an extra save for being in cover, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get the, you know, camel cloak benefit, right? You get two two bonus uh, – plus two armor saves for being in cover. Um, again, stacks really good with Jormungandr, right? Because they're always in cover as long as they don't advance or charge. So if that they're burrowing unit, up from underground, even if they're burrowing from mm-hmm. underground, that doesn't matter. That's like their that's their high fleet rule. Right. So right. you have this big unit of Gaunts that burrow up from underground, and all of a sudden they're minus two. Well, they're or they're plus two to their save. Right. So they have like a four up armor save. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, also, the other one I really like is the uh, ignores minus one and minus two AP. That's so powerful. As again, like imagine warriors, for instance. Yeah. Like, cause they'll have a three up save again as Yorming Gunner or four up with anybody else. Um, and then they ignore, uh, <laughs> they ignore AP minus one and minus two. And with one of the new stratagems that they have in that book, as long as your warrior unit is close to a Tyranid prime, they get an additional, they get our, uh, they take half damage. So, and then you can use the Maloceptor stratagem to also make them uh, enemy shooting attacks against them, minus one strength, mm-hmm. and a Malanthrope or Venomthropes near them. Now they're minus one to hit. So, you, like, a big fat unit of warriors is a great choice now. I think that's very powerful. Now, to use these, you have to give up your Warlord trait or and or spend a stratagem. And you can, so, you can get potentially two if you don't have a Warlord trait or one or Warlord trait and pay a CP for one. Sure. Or just you know, exchange that Warlord trade for one. But uh, yeah, there's some really great ones that are, that are very powerful. Um, some of the new relics are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the one that gives you a bonus to your charge um, for monsters that replaces a, uh, uh, it replaces your God, adrenal lands. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Uh, so that one's pretty good. Uh, or the one that gives a plus one to damage. And the thing right now is that they don't say that you can't give them to unique models. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair, yeah, yeah. So you could give it to old one eye, the plus one damage one. I mean, he doesn't need it if you want to be a jerk about it. Sure, well, sure yeah, but he <laughs> but going in with like four damage crushing claws, oh, yeah, at minus four AP is pretty pretty powerful. It's very powerful. That's why you don't need to do it. Um, <laughs> they also come with uh, custom high fleets. Yeah, yeah, the um, custom high fleet. So yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Okay. So, so some of them are okay. Is there anything that's going to replace kind of the the standard uh, high fleets that are used right now? Especially if we. Have I mean, those Kraken is going to be super good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's always going to be your most popular one because it it ha- it gives you two benefits that are very powerful. Um, so for me, uh, the one that effectively kind of gives you expert crafters if you don't, I think it's if you're close to like synapse creatures or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, that one's pretty good. 
the one that gives a six plus invulnerable save to Gaunts and uh, it's like Gaunts, Gargoyles, and Hormigaunts is okay. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Um, there's one to give an additional minus one AP to Scything Talons. So you can kind of stack that with a couple of other things and make like your Hormigaunts. You can give them like Power Swords, for instance, which right, is right, kind right. of a neat little combo. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some, there's some cool stuff in there. I can't really see them replacing the Tyranid power, the Tyranid, uh, like main book. Main yeah. Yeah. So, but we'll see. I mean, I could totally be wrong about that. Right. Like this is my like thousand foot view. Like I haven't played Tyranids <laughs> in quite a while. So like, no. uh, for, for me, it's been an entire edition since I brought Tyranids out. Really? Yeah. I've oh, played Tyranids in seven, five, like thousands of points. Tyranids. But, I know. Yeah. yeah. They're, like nicely painted Tyranids. Yeah, yeah. They look cool. Um, oh man. So speaking of Tyranids, I know you have a lot of gargoyles. Yes. I think gargoyles are going to come back. Yeah. Cause oh. they, <laughs> they dropped a point. Oh, keep talking. I got to pull up a YouTube comment that that, that reminded me of that was just, oh. it was just amazing. So they're f- at five points a model. You uh, for 150 points, getting 30 wounds of models that can move 12 inches and potentially like uh, run or uh, advance and charge is real good. That's real, real good. Um, so I think you'll see those. Uh, I like the uh, the Mal Scepter now is actually, I think, a pretty decent choice. Minus yep. one toughness is a really big breaking point for a lot of stuff that really hurts Tyranids in the meta right now. For instance, Stalker Bolters are all strength four. And so reducing those to strength three against all of your monsters that are close to that, huge. Super good. Yeah, very powerful. So I think if I were going to build a list, I would kind of want to build a combination of Nidzilla. So I would want to take like a bunch of Carnifexes mm-hmm. that would be walking along next to a Malceptor. Um, and then also a bunch of Burrowing stuff because I love Burrowing stuff. That stuff is the coolest stuff in the Tyranid book to me. So yeah. that that would those would be the units that I would want to take. Uh, this is a comment from our chapter approved uh, review. Uh-huh. Uh, SMH, I came for the Tyranid points, left with you can get 30 Gargoyles for 150 great coverage <laughs> okay I, mean, well, I was excited about that i own like 60 gargoyles so yeah i know lots of tyranid players who like we've talked about that quite a bit uh like in some of the various chats that i've been a part of saying how how powerful that is i think that's amazing yeah so okay yeah whatever guy and, and hear from our um edited um oh, he edited his comment here but nobody believes the fake positivity about this book this book is objectively bad and shit. <laughs> a lictor? It has to deploy in cover. Ridiculous. Not much help if it's a 12-inch charge. There's... Thanks for checking it out, though. <laughs> I mean, I love the lictor just as a unit. Since oh, man. back in second edition, yeah. right? Uh, there's something going wrong with Jones being kind of on that lictor oh, table. Oh, yeah. That oh, was so good. So classic old rules. Um, I have so many of them. I used to run 12 as part of my 7th edition mm-hmm. Tyranid Army. Sure. Um, and it does... I mean, here's the thing. For us, it's not fake positivity. Even before we're getting review copies, we were hype about all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm, dude, I'm just hype about new stuff. Yeah. And changes to what the game is. So right. Like, There's been so many minor tweaks and adjustments to, to how armies are played over the past six months about how... Like, even past, like, the, the Space Marine event, right? Mm-hmm. So the... 
Eldar plays differently now. Tyranids play differently now. So PSM. Yeah. It's pre-space marine. Pre-space marine, post-space marine. Yep. And it's not for the worst. There, there's different ways and tricks and things you can do. And it's just, I mean, you can take it as fake positivity like uh, this wonderful person on YouTube did, or you can just take it as it is and just get good, son. Right. Well, and look, like everybody knows that space marines are have like the best codex, right? Like nobody's nobody's sitting here trying to convince you that's not the case, but it's not an unbeatable codex like it's not so it's not so overpowered that it just bludgeons everybody into complete dog shit every single time you fight them especially with the nerfs that they did with uh that they did with the faqs like every 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 faq that they've come out with so far like for space marines has been a nerf for the most part Mm -hmm. unless it's like ultramarines and then who cares like they were not the most powerful one anyway and they're still really good like all the space marines are really good so like I don't know. People do people like have this doom and gloom attitude and they just want to perpetuate that and live in their own little echo sure. chamber about you like pulled how me bad out of that really is. quickly. <laughs> Cuz I came in with like after playing Marines with Chaos and I'm just like, "Well, fuck this. Fuck this." And you're like, "Shut up." <laughs> like, "Okay, that's fair." Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you for your thoughts on Chapter Approved and uh, yeah, Blood no Angels problem. and Tyranids. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Legends. Oh, great. Oh, man, I love this topic. You've mastered the art of the Stanley. You've downloaded the ITC Battles app. You've loaded your dice to guarantee your charge. Now perfect your game with Mob Rules measuring accessories. Made of the finest acrylic and carrying the skill of the Danny, the tactics of the Dave, and something positive about John. Get yours now at hammerheadgames.net. And we're back. We are. We are. After some fantastic self promotion, mm-hmm. uh, we are here to talk about the talk of the town, Warhammer Legends. Yeah. Uh, across all ranges, uh, old models are being sent out to the farm. That's to right. Retire in peace. Get the fuck out. <laughs> you know what I realized looking, reading the article in Warhammer Community about Warhammer Legends? That yeah. chaplain on a bike is at the same time great and terrible as a model. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is an ugly model, right? Like, we can just say that, I think. I mean, I... I, So, there's parts of it. It's so close in, like, so many ways (laughs) to being a great model. His Crozius is, like... like, Straight up. (laughs) It is. Yep. Angular. Uh, But I think that comes from the time of, like, the the 2D pewter modeling thing. Casting. Right. Having to be straight up there. For sure. Um, He's a He's... Two pieces, right? Well, I guess maybe three if you or four if you count the shoulder plastic shoulder pads and yeah. backpack. Yeah, but, but he does have that fancy little Judge Dread front to his bike too. He sure does, oh, doesn't man. he? It's, yeah, it's just so with close the eagle to wings. Great. Yeah, um, but yeah, a bunch of stuff was sent out to pasture, uh, not to be used in competitive play anymore. Uh, which is, by the way, only one one third of the different ways to play. Sure, and also this is only not allowed. In if it's not suggested for tournament oh, for competitive yeah. play, right? So, and not only is competitive play just match play, it doesn't mean it's not appropriate for match play, right? Just it's not recommended for tournaments. A tournament can still allow this yeah. stuff. A tournament can still be ITC and allow this. I stuff. mean, I can see a lot of like we're talking about our annual kind of food hammer things that Joe puts on here. I can see legends being allowed for that. Heck yeah, why not? Uh, and like I said, it's one of three ways to play. Uh, if you want to use your legends, there are still rules there. There are still points there. You just go right on ahead. For sure. But it goes back to this thing. Man, I used to make fun of the independent characters about it for saying this all the time. But 
it's all about having a conversation before your game and setting your expectations. True. And when you go to a tournament, you're letting like, so we're going to LVO. We're letting Reese have that conversation for us. Exactly. He is the mediator between me and my opponent. Like I don't have to have that conversation anymore because it's already been had via the rules packet. Right. Whereas if I'm just playing Danny and say we're playing a a book out of Psychic Awakening Mm -hmm. or a mission out of Psychic Awakening, yeah, we can bring Legends because we talked about it beforehand. But in that same vein, don't show up with your chaplain on a bike, with your uh, veterans on bikes and expect to be able to use them against a random. That's right. Yep, I agree. Hey, some surprises, though, in the the Legends range. Legion of the Damned, the little Firehawks chapter, gone to that great barn in oh, the really? sky. You, you were surprised? I am not surprised by that. So I'm really sad I didn't sell the fine cast Legion of the Damned squad of 10 I have. Yeah, I still have a pewter one for sure. <laughs> so so. Um, I think one of those guys might get turned into an aspiring champion. Um, I used. I think, I'm prob- I think I made one of them into a chaplain model. Right. Like the sergeant. Like, he makes a good chaplain because he's got a skull head. So what are some of the the, the main ones that, that you're, like, are happy or gone or not surprised they're gone? Yeah, all the characters on bikes, I'm glad are really, I'm really glad are gone. Um, I think that, well, I mean, the captain on bike is still an option. Like, I, so I'm both happy and sad by that because it's cool to have characters on bikes. Like, I will definitely miss the option to bring a chaplain or a, a librarian on bike for my Ravenwing army. Right. Like, but you have to imagine so stuff like that with a Ravenwing, where it's so desperately thematic to what they do. Right. The the all they're doing is they're saving themselves for future releases. Oh, for sure. And those stu- and that stuff could all still come back at some at some point, guys. Like, so like serious. when when Dark Angels Codex two comes out, where right. it has the Dark Terrains and it has stuff like that. Maybe there's Ravenwing characters on bikes there. Maybe the model sure. kits that release with that is like a bike commander set. Right, and that would be cool as hell. Um. Or maybe they're waiting to release. So what I think, this is my like pie in the sky theory here. Your hot takes. Yeah, yeah. they're waiting to release uh, a new Primaris bike before releasing characters on said bike. I feel like that's yeah. coming. I feel it because the, the the bike kits right now are just so old. They're very old. Um, and they're, they show their age. They do not look good. No, because I just rebased all of my Chaos bikes onto the ovals. Mm-hmm. And just scale-wise, looks-wise, they're not fantastic they're not great i no. agree um so i'm i'm almost happy there because again it's having that conversation for me with a lot of things i put a lot of effort into my armies to make them look good sure and i don't want to go against a, like a, a marine on the tricycle from, <laughs> from what it looks like <laughs> on a big wheel right on a big wheel uh, orcs didn't really get hit as much as we thought they were going to get hit so here's the one thing i thought was interesting <clears throat> and maybe this is a sign of a new model release coming out Okay. Um, in chapter approved, the Big Mac with custom force field is in selection in the chapter approved. Right. So something that we didn't talk about to come from chapter approved, it was almost a a kind of 2020 list of units that you can play. Correct. Uh, the Autarchs, a lot of the Autarch options are gone. Right. Thank Christ. Yeah, because those were, st- it was stupid, guys. Like I, I have a great Autarch I converted to be on a jet bike, but that was stupid and he should not have that mobility, especially with uh, his... Uh, Oh, or is. you can take an Autark on a jet bike still. Oh, still? Good, because yeah. I love that model, and I love how fast he is moving with Auras. <coughs> Excuse me. But what you can't do is give him a Banshee mask. Right. Or a Reaper launcher. Good. Like, like you, that I've actually stuff fought gone. against an Autark on a bike with both of those things. Yep. And it's very unfun and non-interactive. I really don't like the guy with the laser lance and the fusion gun. I think that's a bullshit combination. Yep. But those are all hopefully gone now. So well, you have to take one or the other now. You can take a fusion gun 
and or laser lance, but you can't take both on the same model. Uh, Chaos got hit a little hard. Uh, rest in peace, Juggerlord. Oh, yeah, I'm going to miss him. I have a bunch of Juggerlord characters made up for yeah. a World Eaters army I was starting, and I'm kind of sad I will never get to play with them. Um, so I'm sad those guys are gone because the Juggernaut Law Lord is amazing. He's cool. Um, and uh, he was going to lead a charge of Blood Crushers. Cause, but what's funny is all of these models, all of these takeaways are me replying with, oh, I had a future force based around that guy. Oh, well. Like the Orc characters, the, the Jugger Lord, the Legion of the Damned. This was all shit I was going to be doing later on. Sure. Um, they also lost a lot of their mount options for Chaos Lords. So yep. steeds, discs, palanquins, bikes. Um, yeah, all they lost gone. all the bike options that they had for characters. And then all the demonic mount options as well. Right. Which, so, again, I think balance-wise is yeah, great. Um, and then, you see, Adeptus Serratus lost a couple guys. Yeah, uh, but just I believe as the characters, yeah, Uriah Jacobus has gone to the Great Convent in the sky. That's too bad. He was uh, a cool model, or yeah. like his backstory was really awesome. Yeah, and yeah. then Arch Confessor Karanov is also yeah. gone, which is a bummer. I'm going to be honest with you about that hat was fancy, <laughs> dude. It was so fancy. But he's <laughs> missing, like he was like a little pope, and he was one of like the reasons I love witch hunters as an army. Yeah, just like the idea of this asshole in robes. Just kind of like walking down the middle of the battlefield, probably getting all mad. It's all getting splattered and bloodied. It was just the best. Um, Trueborn for Catalytes for Dark Elder Gone. Um, also, well, okay. So uh, this is another option that I am both happy and sad. Like, because both them and the Blood Brides are, uh, uh, got legend. Yes. Um, so the reason I like them is it was another option for Catalytes to have. Because right now, Catalytes have four unit options, something like that. Uh, that are tied specifically to Cabalites. So we're talking Cabalite Warriors, Archons, Ravagers. Every, so then they have, they can also have Flyers, Transports, and that's it though. Like, so they don't have options in other slots, so it's hard right. to build like a list around so that. So it really does kind of force them into an allied force rather than kind of something by yeah. their own, really. And it would be cool if you could have a full Cabalite army that wasn't just, you know, warriors like it was other stuff too i wish they had some more options anyway but that's that's neither here nor there like that's and that's me wish listing right yeah like there's like i'm imagining stuff that doesn't exist at all um other things to go any pretty much uh, event exclusive or anniversary model yep uh, is gone imperial like, space marine i was just gonna say that one it's yep. going away so bye bye disintegrator pistol uh the command tanks the warhammer world exclusive those are legends i was surprised by that actually i thought they were gonna make the I, I don't know. I thought they weren't going to get rid of those. I, you know, I was hopeful they wouldn't because, one, they're great models. Two, um, they're still actively on sale, uh, which was... Did they get rid of the Terminus Ultra? Uh, I believe the Terminus Ultra is already gone as well. Um, they, they got rid of... They, oh, no, they got rid of the... Which one's the ones with all the last cannons? Yeah, that's one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That, that is now also legended. Good. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> like i'm glad fuck those so, guys so while people are sad about these options right remember you can still play with these with your friends not a big deal like yeah you won't be able to take your maybe your favorite character to your tournament but remember the reason that they're doing this is so that they have limited models that they can balance the game with so like having a more limit having less options makes the game more balanced in general because you have less variables and the less variables you have the more balanced the game is so here's a fun thing I'm going to surprise you, Danny. I got into an argument online with someone. Okay. Um, it was about the Memphis. I'm not shocked by that. So <laughs> it was about going. the new Memphiston model. 
Oh, okay. And he was going on about how much he hates GW and fuck GW for updating this model. And I replied the only way I could with how dare they update a 25-year-old model. <laughs> yes, seriously. Um, and that's the thing. Almost all of these Legends models are older than a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I don't understand what the what the hate is, right? Like, right. And why? I, and I don't get it. It's not a sustainable way to do a game. Absolutely. Not. If you have 25 more years of the rate they're releasing units right now, in order, and everyone complains, hey, I have to take too many books with me in order to play. Cool. We just essentially got rid of all the indexes for you. Yeah, there's three There's three less books you have to bring, guys. Right. So it's, it's, it's an unsustainable model to not put these guys in Legends. Every game should have this, or every continuing game. So like Magic the Gathering has their annual ban list and their sure. annual retired list. Their well, formats. yeah, depending on the format, right? right. right. So, so maybe there's a Warhammer Legends format that will come out as kind of like uh, a format that's acceptable for like... Less competitive events, right? Yeah. Like, like you know, hey, here's a game day that people can come and play three themed games, you know, or something like that. You know, like like a campaign day or something like that. You know, and to top it off, I challenge you: if you don't like this and you think it's a bad thing, run your own event using Legends. Yeah, sure. Partner with your local store. Say you want to run something, get a grassroots going in your area. That's how we started our 40k up here. Yeah, they'll be totally down with it. Yeah, so so do something fun. Uh, so Legends here is here to say uh, I'm almost excited to see yearly Legend updates. That'd be cool. Um, to see kind of where it's going, uh, 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 what's there. Is there units on the bubble? Is there anything there? But yeah, mostly like tactical Marines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the term is Boomer Marines. Oh, yeah. Thank you for correcting for. me. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an unsustainable thing to not correct this here. And overall, it's good for the game in general. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with something uh, super fun. But first, a classic. Earl Hagen was a legend. In 1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CVS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. All right, you guys heard the old hotness, so let's move on to the new hotness. We touched on it a little bit earlier, yep. um, but Sisters of Battle are back, currently in limited form, if you're able to get one of the, the many boxes. Yeah. Uh, luckily, through his sheer uh, size and fear, uh, Danny was a force of personality, force of but personality, okay, sure. Uh, just <laughs> overpowered a small child, grabbed their mm-hmm. Sister of Battle box. Um, was and able sauntered to sauntered out of the store. Sauntered, <laughs> you did like the Spider-Man three jazz walk yeah, down totally. the street. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> um, so Danny's going to give us his impressions on the Sister of Battle book, um, as is here as a separate force. Man, 
What a great army, first of Thank all. Thank you, like, Danny. So this is no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think sisters are going to be, okay. It presents a new archetype of an army to the game that hasn't like herefore existed. Okay. Like, so the idea of a tough horde, like that is what the sisters of battle are. So mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, if you have a chance to read uh, the Goonhammer review, I think they do a pretty good job overall at going like unit by unit and talking about the strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I think they're off on a couple of things, but otherwise they're pretty good. Um, but uh, a Valorous Heart, like being the order, because their their chapters are called orders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as being the, the order that is the most powerful, I think that is that is definitely true. I think that's going to be the one that sees the most play. Um, and what that one does is it allows you to ignore AP minus one and they get a six up feel no pain, which came in huge in our game, which was huge. Yep. Um, and if you are close to an imagifier and they have one of the tales that they're telling, cause they tell one of three tales to the sisters around them, they're storytellers, um, that lets them ignore then their one of their bubbles is ignore AP minus one. However, it's Valor's heart. They ignore AP minus two. So they ignore AP minus one and minus and minus two, and they can potentially be in cover and have a six up field of pain for nine points of battle sister. And we were just talking about turn of warriors and how just insane that minus ignoring minus right. two is um, and cutting down damage. And this is on a three up natural save. Exactly. So two up in cover that ignores that stuff, right? I mean, that is so powerful. So if you have like a unit in ruins yep. um, with a two up save, if you shoot them with auto cannons, they have a two up save. Yep. Um, if you shoot, if you shoot them with auto cannons and Devastator Doctrine, they still have a two up save. Um, and then, in addition to that, uh, if they're close to Celestine, um, that improves their invulnerable save by one. So they have a, so they already have a six up invulnerable save, right? Naturally, mm-hmm. Celestine gives them a five up. There's a Warlord trait from a Cannoness that also gives them plus one. And then there's a special character from our martyred lady that can also give a plus one. All of those are to a maximum of a four plus invulnerable save. But an so as soon as you hit AP three, instead of having a two plus, now you have a four plus invulnerable save and so a six of field of pain. against a bunch of las cannons firing at them. I don't know sure. where to fire them, but sure, uh, you have a four up invulnerable save. Yep. Um, heck, even against Meltaguns, four up, or anything crazy of these big damage things, like the totally. Imperial Knights uh, with their Gatling Cannons. Well, you ignore that altogether because it's only together, AP minus so you two. Still get your two up. <laughs> so it's a it's a big counter to a lot of things that are out there right now. So if you're taking like... Like if you look at all of my Lord Discordant attacks are AP minus two. Yep. So I well, throw out a ton of dice. Except for the... Oh, the, the mouth guns. The injector. Yeah. 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 But the majority of what it throws Correct. out, minus two. Uh, which is just a big fuck you to just sit in a ruin and just not die, which is apparently the main sister's tactic sure. against chaos. And that works in melee too. Yeah. So like even their Lord Discordant gets into them, they're like, okay, well we have a three plus. That's nice. <laughs> like, so, I mean, just, yeah. So trying to cleave to them is going to be very, very difficult. Um, and especially like, I mean, a hundred of them is only 900 points. And what's weird is because they're on toughness three frames, people overlook their durability. Right. Exactly. So I think, and they don't really lose anything by being an allied force. Like unlike space Marines, which are doctrines, which are actually pretty huge. Um, Sisters of battle can choose between one of six different abilities um, and their abilities are good, right? Like mm-hmm. um, the, f- they can do a, uh, a banner ability. So get back up and shoot or fight on a five plus 
Um, or uh, they can do uh, sixes to hit in melee, count as two hits, um, or sixes to wound with ranged attacks are an additional minus one AP. That's a good one too. Or they can get uh, plus three to their deny rolls because every unit can deny the witch on a on one dice. Mm-hmm. But then getting a plus three means that you're you have a, like a decent chance to actually do it too, right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so there's that stuff. Uh, and so I think they make a really great allied force for other Imperial armies at this point in time, especially ones that don't care about not having doctrines, right? So, so non-space like Marine allies. Custodes sister force. Yeah, I think that's a great option. I was really like thinking about that the other day. I think there's some play there or sisters and knights. Mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful because you can get three knights and a hundred sisters of battle for 2000 points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, try getting through all of that. Like, I think you're gonna, ha- I think you're gonna find you're gonna have a very tough time. Or um, thematically, you could have uh, sisters helping gray knights. Sure. Then, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> sisters of battle bl- body blocking for gray knights. Yeah, yeah. There, there's sense. nothing more thematic than that. Absolutely. Um, but not. it is a good combo, and it helps fill up a couple of the the glaring gaps that gray knights have. For sure. For sure. Which is which is yeah, which is awesome. Um. So yeah, I think I think. Uh, I think so that's very powerful. There, there's a lot of great updates to existing units there. There's also some new units in there. Yeah, and some of the new units are very good. Like, so, so yeah, what are what are some of the highlights from the new units? Um, so new units, you've got the Mortifactors, which are the uh, Sisters of Battle in a Penitent Engine. Um, and, Wonderful. Right. Well, I think the greatest thing I saw coming out of it here was to do with the Penitent Engines and how they're kind of uh, baby pen. Yeah, the they're very they're a lot smaller than the than the ones that came before, like the big metal ones that are impossible to keep together. Those are uh, uh, those are significantly larger than the current ones, and the 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 new ones come on a fifty millimeter base. So, I mean, if you can imagine how much smaller that is comparatively, I mean, it's I would say I think it's about half the size. Uh, yeah, I, it's pretty close to that, probably is what I would say. So, but it kind of fits more into the narrative they're trying to tell with the yep, penitent yep, rather yep. than just kind of one person being punished. Then, when you have an imperium that's full of sinners, sure, and you can take them in units of four now, right? So, uh, and so the mortifactors are sisters of battle that are repentant, uh, in the same way penitent engines are. Um, and so they are a bit shootier than the than the normal penitent engines. They have uh, heavy bolters, um, and also the penitent engines got a new weapon option. They got these flails instead that the, instead of the saw blades that they can use, mm-hmm. and the flails give them three attacks for every one. So each one of them throws out like fifteen attacks. It's really good. It's a lot of attacks. <laughs> and this is uh, yeah, an addition of dice hammer, uh, where yeah, he right? throws the most dice, gets the most stuff. Especially if it's strength five or better, like that's what you really want. Um, and then you've got uh, there's also the second half of the the flying sisters kit there. So yes, you have like the Zeraphim. Zeraph- you have the Zeraphim or, Z- or Zephyrim. I think Zephyrim. it's Zephyrim. Yeah. yeah. So so kind of uh, an opposite to the Seraphim that's there, right? Right. So they get a a power sword and a bolt pistol. And they can re-roll to wound rolls with their bolt, with their power swords. So, I mean, that's kind of like a lightning claw, I guess. Um, and you can stack a bunch of other stuff on there. Like the close combat sister order gets uh, plus one attack and an extra minus one AP mm-hmm. uh, on close combat weapons and pistols. Um, and then they have uh, a stratagem for plus one to wound. So they can potentially be uh, like wounding most everything on fours or fives, right. rerolling everything. And Still they can get a on a strength, of attacks. strength three frame. Correct. Um, so that plus one to wound, super key. Uh, so yep. it seems to be something you kind of have to really work at to, to make work. For sure. And But, I mean, 
Uh, with Faith Dice being the way they are, coming in from Deep Strike and charging is a real threat from Sisters because all they have to do is spend a six and a three or better, mm-hmm. and they'll automatically make the charge that they're trying to make, which is really big. So Faith Dice, uh, Faith as a mechanic has been something the Sisters have had the whole time. Mm-hmm. Reworked for the new edition and the new codex here. Correct. Um, borrows heavily from Zinch and Age of Sigmar. Yep, yep. Um, but tell us a little bit about the Faith mechanic okay. now. Yeah, so f- the Faith mechanic is really interesting. Um, so how it works is at the start of each battle round you roll a dice and you that goes into your faith pool so whatever you roll that value goes into your faith pool um once per phase you can select a unit to benefit from an act of faith and before rolling a dice whether to hit wound advance charge like whatever you can replace as many dice from that roll with faith with uh faith dice as you want to or miracle dice i think they're called miracle dice um with miracle dice as you want so like if you really wanted to hit that flyer, but you only hit on sixes or something like that, you could replace like, you know, three of your melted gun shots with sixes to hit. And now you've got three hits on that flyer automatically. You don't have to roll. Or if you come in from deep strike, you can replace, uh, you know, before rolling the charge, you can say, okay, well, I'm just going to take a six and replace one dice. Now all I have to roll is a three or better and I'm going to make the charge, which is very powerful. Um, and so you get one automatically at the start of every turn. You get one every time a sword is us character dies. You get one every time one of your units kills an enemy unit. You get one every time you deny a psychic power with their little special deny. Mm-hmm. And then you get one every time you roll a one for morale. Which all of these don't seem like a lot, but when we played and you had just kind of the basic sisters army out of the box, which I think is like a, a vanguard or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and I took uh, the there's a warlord trait to get an extra faith dice at the start of your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get an extra one at the start of every turn or at the start of the turn with uh, the triumph of Saint Catherine, which mm-hmm. is that cool new like procession model that's coming out, which looks amazing and yeah. kind of follows the diorama style they're going for a lot so of these good. things. And there's an unreleased other piece of terrain that Battle Sisters get that we haven't seen yet. Um, that if you have a, a, a Battle Sisters unit within six inches of it, or an, I'm sorry, um, a Ministorum unit within mm-hmm. six inches of it, you get a Faith Dice as well. But even with your small kind of four or five hundred point Vanguard force, oh, right? Yeah, you were generating points. or four hundred three hundred ninety two points. You yeah. were generating uh, three to four Faith Dice a turn. Yeah, something like that. I was losing a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of things dead, but still, for that three to four fate dice, for you were sure. getting a turn. Um, that guaranteed your cannoness held that objective. It guaranteed that she stayed alive. Um, if you're building a bigger sister's army and you have like the assault guys going. Right. Oh, man, and you're killing stuff. And you're, or you're killing stuff. Or yeah, you're thinking, for then, sure. Then you are just... Again, we talked again at the start of the episode about how taking dice out of the game is so key. Huge. Uh, and this is one here where you can take dice out of the game by knowing what you're going to roll. Which beforehand. is, a, yeah, so amazing. Um, they also have a great slew of stratagems. They have a fallback and charge one for one CP, which is amazing. They have, uh, or fallback and shoot and charge. That's really good. Yeah, it's like act as normal. Um, they have, uh, uh, let's see, oh, they have a four plus deny power if they were a stratagem as well, just like World Eaters or Black Templars. Um, which is really powerful. They get that critical psychic power to be gone. Um, they have a bunch of ones involving faith dice. Um, they have one really interesting one for their characters where when they die, you can spend uh, up to three uh, faith dice. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what the values are. And uh, your character just comes back to life with that many wounds left, depending on how many dice so you spend. It's a real on. good way of burning some real average uh, faith yeah, dice. Yeah, ones or twos and that kind of stuff that you don't want anymore that are like you know worthless to you. You can totally do that, and that's very powerful. 
So what are some kind of underappreciated units that you've noticed in this book here? Because a lot of people obviously talk about the durability of the battle sisters, kind of the, the abilities of the penny and engines sure. and, and their new role. Um, what are some things people are overlooking? I think exorcists are still really are, are much better than they were They're They were pretty variable, but now instead of getting D six shots, they went to three D three shots, which is much, much better. Mm-hmm. Um, Real similar to was at the Scorpius, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to the Scorpius. That's funny. They're both missile tanks too. I didn't think of that. Yeah. That's pretty hmm. interesting. That's why I'm here for That's occasional right. good thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Once every 122 episodes. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's, uh, uh, what else? Oh, the Repentia are very good. Like they actually hit pretty hard. Um, they have a cool stratagem where when you kill them, you do a mortal wound on a four plus to the enemy unit that killed you. I like that one quite oh, a yeah. bit. Um, Arcoflagellants are a great unit, uh, especially, hopefully that comes out with a model kit. Um, like, multi-part right yeah that would yeah. be great um because man they can just clear a horde like nobody's business i had uh three of them go into 20 chaos cultists and kill uh 14 of them jesus in one round of combat yeah i could have fought again and killed them all but i chose not to um, very very big of you yeah thanks I'm a nice guy uh what else um yeah i just man, they've got so many good options uh, i'm really excited to see like what what becomes like the dominant list mm-hmm. um i think that there's a lot oh uh another super important one is the imagifier like i was talking about earlier getting your sisters to ignore ap minus one or ap minus two is huge and there's a stratagem for her where you can pick an extra ability so you can give like all your battle sisters plus one strength within six inches too so now they can actually like fight in combat like okay nice i know there's a couple guys going to lvo or taking horde sisters that seems to be their early favorite out of the gate yeah, that seems to me like the best choice right now. Uh, we'll see if that may, if that is able to like maintain and be just as good later on. So, very excited to see where all this turns out. Like, and I'm excited to see what their place is in the meta. They're not quite as good as Marines, but they're very good. Like, right. I think that they are. They uh, certainly seem to fill a lot of holes for other Imperial armies for sure. Like, yeah, I think they're, yeah, a great choice in a lot of different Imperial armies. Bunch of bike captains, bunch of sisters. <laughs> yeah. That Got seems yourself a stew going. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. We're going to touch on the Atlanta Open real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then we'll wrap it up here. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Do you have a single wound? A standard bolt gun? Having trouble maintaining an acceptable Xenos kill count? Only barely over two meters tall. Maybe it's time to ask your lieutenant if the Rubicon Primaris is right for you. The Rubicon Primaris is a prescription process that helps you to update that tired look. You may notice an increase in your purging abilities after two to, within two to four hours. You may experience loss of life, additional organs, and a points increase. Do not take the Rubicon if you plan on fitting into rhinos, drop pods, or other traditional vehicles. The Rubicon Primaris is not intended for second founding chapters. The Rubicon Primaris is for use on genetically enhanced super soldiers over the age of 800 only. You are encouraged to report negative side effects to your company's apothecary. The Rubicon Primaris. Because sometimes plot armor is just not enough. And we're back. We're just wishlisting real quick off, sure. off mic uh, about the, the future chapter <laughs> approved and whether John goes back to Death Guard or not. Oh, yeah. Um, so last weekend, uh, the first ever 
pro tabletop event happened in, in Atlanta um, under a cloud of controversy and kind of ill will um, from some questionable promotion leading up to it. Sure. Uh, the $10,000 cash prize uh, invitational, which had a regular RTT style tournament followed by a group stage, followed by a <coughs> single elimination stage. So, okay. So the way it worked, um, is they got you into brackets after the first day. So you could actually, so like you wanted to be in the winning bracket, right? Obviously. (coughs) But you could lose a game on the first day and not be out of the event. I know it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I think that they didn't get as many people as they thought they were going to get. So that kind of screwed up some of their like the like the way that they were going to have it organized. So there was some stuff that happened uh, the week leading up to the event. A a large legal document was sent out to all players uh, to read and sign about uh, things, oh, um, which okay. was unfortunate. Uh, it was basically saying that you were not paying for entry for the tournament. You were paying for access to the terrain and the judging and the services. Because I think they ran into a Georgia or Atlanta law. Oh, for, for gambling and gambling. Yeah, okay. Um, that did not go over well. A lot of the stuff wasn't super well communicated leading up to the event, and that led, I believe, a 200-person capacity tournament uh, turning into a 70-person major. Sure. 72. And, and so, yeah, I think part of the problem with this is, right, like the way that they approached getting this going was very cocky. Like they didn't. They, they did didn't, the you're welcome attitude. Why hasn't anyone done this before? You're welcome. And like, they took all of the things that right now 40k uses for tournaments, and it's like, uh, that shit's stupid. Like, we're gonna do our own thing, which is like, that's yeah, cool. I mean, it's your own tournament. Like, do what you want. Like, but at the same time, like, it may not, it may not be a great idea to like piss on like your customer base. Exactly. Um, so, but the event happened. It did, and everyone will be pleased to know it was. Okay. Yeah, it was fine. Um, the I will. The reason I want to talk about it because honestly, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Uh, the The final game was amazing. I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, but their presentation for Stream Forty K, it was the most amazing thing I had seen. Um, they their, did. Yeah, it was their super good. Production was amazing. They yeah. had three tables being filmed concurrently with multiple cameras. So if game one was looking like a blowout or not interesting, they switched to another table. Right. Um, the shoutcasters got better as the weekend went on. They mm-hmm. listened to feedback. They interacted with people. Um, I really wish that these people didn't run tournaments. They just streamed for others. That'd be cool. Because yeah. that is a genuine avenue of revenue. And that's how you get eyes on the product. is isn't by telling your customer base their shit and look at our giant cash prize. Um, but the level of production quality they had to pulling up rules for units and the stat lines for units as they're on the table. Right, right. To drawing kind of deployment zones and auras on screen with pens. And, mm-hmm. and just, just above and beyond, it was, I was blown away. To yeah. the point where I'm like, wow, shit, I was going to start filming some stuff for us, but what's even the goddamn point anymore? Because, wow, it was that good. Um, so that is a huge turnaround. I think a lot of people are going to want to go next year mm-hmm. based on that alone. That's true. Um, yeah, I agree with that. If they can keep their fucking mouth shut. 
<laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, and that's like, I'm not trying to be negative about it, but again, don't tell you your customer base is shit. Don't say how crappy ITC is when the people you're appealing to solely play that and maybe don't want to be told that the thing they love is shit. Right. Or um, the way that like the creators of ITC are running their tournaments is not the way that, it, or it's not professional or good. Right. Right. Also, please sponsor us Frontline. Thank you. Uh, which was the message that they were sending out. Uh, not that we weren't sponsored by Frontline um, because that would affect our journalistic integrity of how much we love LVO. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're, like that was the good to come out of it. That, that showed For me sure. that the next year it'll happen and they'll get more attendance and they, based off of and that. And they played ITC missions, which was they good. Did. Um, because they, they pulled the back away from just they did. all your stuff is shit. Yeah. Um, and if they can keep that, keep the, the goodwill of community and keep the level of stream quality, um, they're going to max out next year. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll do very well next they'll year. They'll do very well next year. This was very, this was a, a new event. And well, it's a, an experiment. An experiment, right? Yeah. Can it work? And honestly, can you take pro, uh, pro e game, uh, pro esports and translate it directly to 40 K? No. You absolutely cannot because it doesn't work translated right on. The reason sure. esports work so well is it's exciting. It's quick. If you watch like an Overwatch League match, it's five, ten minute rounds. Right. Real quick kills. Instant gratification. Yeah. Um, a game of 40K, I mean, the stream final was what, two and a half, three hours? Right. Of kind of slow, methodical play. And sure, there was great banner between the people. And there's an amazing picture going around of the two people hugging. Yeah, like turned into a stained glass window. Right. But it doesn't have that same level of drive. Mm -hmm. um, my worry is they overpromised and underdelivered to sponsors, um, which might affect things for next year. Sure. Um, but if they can figure out what it takes, then they have something on their hands. Um, my worry again is they've signed up, uh, I think, three 40K players now to play for Obey, who's a professional esports team. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. So there's now three, quote unquote, professional 40k players, um, who are being paid by Obey to play 40k and stream 40k, and I hope, like I said, that they did not. I hope they under delivered and you know undersold and over delivered. I do. I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that's kind that's of that's awesome. My my hope for that, and it's great. I mean, it's the dream, right? That, right? that you're getting paid to do what you love. Oh man! I mean, I know, like Danny, you and I said it kind of our corporate jobs, and we're like, man, <laughs> like I know today I had like an admin time where I was supposed to be planning for a meeting next week, and I just sat like dicking around on Discord and, and making lists because I just wasn't feeling it today. <laughs> I'm sorry, boss. Um, but to be paid to do what you love is fantastic, and, and I, sure. I hope them the only success for that in the world. Like I said, yeah. I just. I, it'll be bigger next year. They just have to realize that you can't port the eSport model right over. Directly onto it, right? Like, it's got to be modified or, or, or rethought a little bit before. But it did turn us into creating uh, the world's <laughs> first... That's right. ...professional uh, tabletop sport team. Com completely professional. Completely professional because... For just 40K. Because uh, just 40K. Uh, we're looking at branching out maybe into Age of Sigmar if I find the time. We'll see. Um, but what we did here at Mob Rules is we got one of our local teams that we're in, uh, Snake Base Meta. Mm -hmm. uh, we convinced them to change their name to Snake Base Pro. Yep. Uh, we're paying each professional player around $2 a year, yep. I, I believe. Um, so they are technically paid professional 40k players yep 
Uh, and because that's that's all it takes. We're signing. We're having them sign some contracts. Yeah, we, some legal we, stuff. We'll get uh, those notarized. One of, one of their wives is a notary, so it's notarized. physically going to be notarized <laughs> that they have a contract with us. Um, and yeah, so that's la notaria. That's what they call her. That, that's that's how. <laughs> that's how Amal Rules is supporting the growing uh, esports scene is by uh, making a really shitty joke about it <laughs> to be petty. Uh, so that's, if you if you were looking at the ITC ranking starting on January 26th, uh, look for Snake Base Pro. Uh, that's yep. our professional wing, which uh, I got into by uh, starting it. Yep. Uh, and no other reason. Um, but yeah, so that, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, it was a good turnout. It looked well run. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like the, yeah, I, I, everything not a, about it was, was, was fine. I'm not a fan of standardized tables personally. Yeah, I, that is probably my biggest beef with the event. I understand why they did it. A hundred percent. I'm not a fan of the three inch neoprene objectives. Oh, you don't like those? No. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. So I thought that was a clever way to do advertising. Oh, no, it's a real clever way to do advertising. I just don't like auras. Kind of okay. on the table like that there. Yeah, it does. I mean, I can see how it would break immersion. Yeah. Um, I would prefer my ads uh, spray painted onto the sides of those identical ruins. That would have uh, been cool. Structures yeah. And things like that. But uh, a great turnout. Happy they were successful in execution. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they bring next year. Uh, Danny, what else do you have to add today before we uh, kind of wrap this bad boy up for two weeks and... Um, Go check on Dave and well, the nursing uh, home down the street. Yeah, right. Well, uh, we'll be taking care of him. We'll bring him some some more eggnog, uh, a little bit of yeah, some chicken noodle soup. Yep, to make him feel a little bit better. Um, or no, some hearty broth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him some Metamucil. He'll be good to go tomorrow. Um, otherwise, yeah, just I mean, happy holidays to all of our listeners. Yeah, um, it is Christmas time. Holy cow! Yeah, I know. Hasn't time flied. So, and I don't know. Like, I got invited to play in Charity Hammer, right? Yeah, and that's going to be in January. I don't. I mean, I assume we're going to record again before then, but I don't know. It's going to be a tight, tight schedule. Twenty ninth. That's when we're recording next. Would be when we're recording next. A little inside baseball here. Is that a? Is that a Monday? It's a Wednesday. Well, we'll be recording before you go to Charity Hammer. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll try. I'll, I'll try and get on at least one more time so we can talk. I want to talk about like what my thought process is going. You know, on that we're going to record before you go to Charity Hammer. End of the year, our schedule always gets a little funky. But next episode, we're going to do a year in review. Uh, where we oh, talk yeah, about our great nice. stuff from the year. We're going to talk about Charity Hammer and all the great stuff they're doing with the Best Infection podcast in order to help uh, kids uh, nationally yeah, there. Yeah, with, through Child's Play. Through Child's Play. Yep. Uh, and then we're also going to be talking about how Danny plans to fuck a bird. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So Support the podcast through our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash mob rules. Check out our YouTube channel to see the best most disliked Tyranid review yet uh, by Dave and I's we wish list for combos that are actually illegal. Um, and then check out the old episodes of the podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Hey John Q. Danny's yep. on Twitter. Um, Villicate5, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds right. Follow us, stalk us. Yeah, for um, sure. Do say mean things to us. Uh, we, we can take it. We're, we're, I'm really, tough. We're dead inside. Yeah, um, too. But yeah, for Mob Rules, I've been John. I've been Danny. And Dave, we'll see you next time. Yep.
And in Canada, Vessel wraps up the Morton's 200 with a 36-21 victory over Scarry Skarsgård Scarrington. Absolutely shocking to see the forces of chaos just crush the Archon of Kamora, even if Vessel is the current points leader in the ITC. Completely shocking. What's that? I'm getting word right now that the Sea Salt Invitational has just wrapped up on the East Coast. Scores are in, and that's where ITCN's own Danny McDevitt is standing by with the winner. Danny? All right, uh, here's what has just happened. Uh, we have plugged into a Bluetooth in the room playing cold open stories when all lights have gone out. Let's instead go across the country to John Quinnell at the Nova Ged Shift Cal Open. Oh, uh, I'm being told we're going to try Danny McDevitt again. Uh, Danny, are you there? Again. When all lights have gone out. Now let's go to the Nova Ged Shift Cal Open and John Quinnell standing by with Doug Everyman, first place winner. John? Hi, Dave. What an exciting night here in San Seattle, D.C. I'm here with Doug Everyman, first place winner of the biggest 40K tourney on the planet. With over 2,000 players, it was the very first Super Mega Major Hypertuber episode in ITC. Doug, how does it feel to have never placed higher than Red Lantern before? Marines, 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 Marines. I have to ask Doug, do you think there would be an army in the world in which would allow you to win in such a storied event? Marines, 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 Marines. Well, there you have it. Back to you in the studio, Dave. That's just exciting all around, John. Who would have thought that an everyman could pick up and play in the biggest show? Absolutely exciting. After the break, we'll check in on Val Heffelfinger and his hunt for the missing passport, and we find out what exactly happened with the, sh the split between Frontline's Frankie and Reese. My guess is Reese just has a better nickname. Reeseus. Reeseus. It just rolls off the tongue. Do 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 do